All right, I want to welcome everybody that's listening. Um, so, like I said, um, tomorrow I'm going to talk about beginning the chapter about apostolic authority. But then next week I'm taking off. There will be no sunrise, no sunrise meditation because I got to focus on the seminar for next week on August 3rd on um, activating the prophetic in you, iron sharpen iron. And so I'm co-teaching a class with my wife, Pastor Tandy, and then I'm teaching a class on the difference between the prophet and the gift of prophecy. So I really have to hone in, plus the fact that I'm still teaching two classes out of Kingdom Ministers Institute. So my plate is already full. So next week there will be no sunrise meditations, um, and I'll return the following week on that. All right? So just going to keep you abreast on that. So... Um, the Church of Antioch. Yesterday we talked about um, we talked about characteristics of the first church, which was Jerusalem, and I gave twelve points that that church, um, twelve characteristics of that church, which I believe should be a part of the ministries that we have today. And I won't read the details of them, but I'll give you each one. So the one should be um, commitment to apostolic doctrine. Okay, not the apostolic, I'm not talking about apostolic denominational faith. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about apostolic doctrine based upon the, the apostles and the prophets back in that day. Okay, number two is fellowship. Number three is breaking of bread. Number four is prayers. Number five is fear. Number six is signs and wonders. Number seven is unity. Um, number eight is giving. Number nine is daily continuing as a body, uh, which meant worshiping together. Um, number 10 is gladness. Number 11 is praise. And number 12 is favor. So if you want to know the details of those, then you got to go back and catch the replay from yesterday. Okay. But any type of apostolic ministry should have a manifestation of addition, multiplication, and multitudes. Um because churches, outside churches, should be growing churches, okay? Should be growing churches. I'm not talking about, um, mm, let me get in trouble already, Apostle Beauty. I'm not talking about organizations, okay? I'm not talking about organizations. I'm talking about ministries should be an organism. Organisms are alive and they are growing, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about apostolic ministries that are organisms and not an organization, Okay, there's a difference between the two. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about kingdom. All right. So there's my getting started real early this morning. So and the Antioch church in the book in the book of Acts from Jerusalem it went to Antioch. And so Antioch was a sending church. Okay, it was a sending church. And so even in our ministries that we have today, the question that I could propose is, is your church or ministry a sending ministry, meaning that you are training, you're equipping them, and you're preparing them to go out and be sent in the calling or direction that God has for them and by the Holy Spirit, okay? And by the Holy Spirit. So are, do you have a sending church or do you just have a ministry that's conducive to the pastor's vision and that's it? Nobody else's vision matters. The purpose that's inside each and every one of them doesn't matter. As long as they serve on the usher board, they're a greeter, they're on the deacon's board, they're on the trustee's board, um, they're a choir, choir director. And if all those things fit nice and neat, then beautiful, and that's, that's your ministry, then okay. But they're being shortchanged. 
They're being shortchanged, whether you like what I just said or not. They're being shortchanged because just as God has given us a vision, God has given me a vision and, and, and dreams about kingdom renovators. But I also know that those, the other renovators as part of this ministry, I know that they have a dream, they have a purpose, they have an assignment. And it's my responsibility to make sure that those things are birthed out of them. Okay. And all of us should have that mindset. It should be it should be transferring from generation to generation. All right. It shouldn't be. All right. This is the vision that Apostle Pastor Andre has and everybody must conform to that. And I don't care about your visions. I don't care about your dreams. I need you to keep feeding into my vision. That's wrong. That is not kingdom. That's religion. That's religion. Okay. That's cultural religion. This is what our forefathers did. This is what our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers. This is that tradition, this, this denominational tradition. This is how we've done it for all the years. And it may be some, of course, there's some revelation that's come throughout the years. There's some, some greater knowledge, so on and so forth. But, is it, are, but yet, are you still religion? Are you still rules and men's traditions and all this other stuff? Or are you kingdom? Are you building relationships? Are you building the people compared to building a building? If your focus is more on, on having a board, a, a display about the building fund, and yet your people are still at the same place they were before, last year and they still not growing they still not maturing you still not pouring into them all you're doing is preaching to them that's a problem that is a problem because you're more concerned about having a board that's saying we're close to ten thousand dollars so y'all can move into this new edifice that you know it's gonna be nice it's gonna be pretty fresh carpet new pews beautiful sound system all that other stuff and now you're gonna to have to penny pitch and take three or four offerings to try to make sure you meet the needs of, of the electric bill the gas bill the water bill the air condition <laughs> you want to make sure the choose the the, the the pews are comfortable because people are going to complain if they sitting in wooden benches all this other stuff you'll need a janitor to help take care of the building all the other problems that may happen. You got insurance to go up on the building. Then you're taking up fundraising. Now you're cooking chicken dinners and you're having barbecues. And you're doing all this other stuff trying to make sure that the lights don't get cut off. And, 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 and the padlocks is not on the door. So you're putting man-made yoke on the people. You're putting your yoke on the people. And they already have a problem um, um, giving. They already have a problem sowing. And they're barely making um, ends meet. But now you want to put this yoke around them. Around their neck. Now you want to put sesaments on them. So a lot of times people put assessments on, on the people because they're not giving. So one way to make sure that they can get the money is, okay, well, we're going to put an assessment. We're going to have this program or we're going to bring this speaker in. And I want everybody, there's an assessment for $200 per member. Because they know how many people they have. <sighs> that was not the place I wanted to go today. Okay. 
So is it ascending church? So it's not ascending church if you're not equipping and grooming people. You know, you you. you <sighs> mm. Even our Sunday school lessons. For those of us who have Sunday school. What are we doing? That's perfect time to train and equip. It's perfect timing. Bible study. Now I might get some kickback on this. And that's okay. But Bible study. is supposed to be study. Not another, not another opportunity to hoop. Teach. Teach, rightly divide. Okay? All right, let me move on. Just stirred up an anger in me. My God. All right, so Antioch is ascending church. All right, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, the first church I talked about yesterday. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. That's Acts 11, verses 21 through 22. Bless you. Now, uh, the Jerusalem church sent Barnabas to Antioch when they heard the numbers of people that were receiving the Lord. The church of Antioch was founded, listen to this, <laughs> all right evangelist beverly you're really gonna get me in trouble all right so the church of antioch was founded by a group of believers who were scattered during the perse persecution in jerusalem so of course a lot of persecution a lot of people was coming after those that were in jerusalem and so they scattered but what they received and these people that went to Antioch, they began to form and they began to grow based on what they heard and what was being told from those who received in Jerusalem. And so as the news was coming back to Jerusalem, they want they had to send one. Catch they had to send one. Amen. To further strengthen and lay the foundation. And so they sent Barnabas. Okay? They sent Barnabas. So even Jerusalem was a sent church because they sent someone to help go plant and really structure what was what was going on as they heard the news in um in, in Antioch. So just like Stephen and Philip, um they came out of apostolic community, um, so did um Barnabas. Okay. So the church of Antioch had had an had an apostolic dimension, a dimension strengthened by the arrival of Barnabas from Jerusalem. Antioch became a teaching center after Barnabas brought Paul. Okay, so Barnabas is there. He brought Paul. They assembled with the believers for an entire year. An entire year they stayed there. See, like, um, that's Acts 11 and 26. For an entire year they laid foundation. Okay. That's why um, there was one individual who asked me uh, several years ago to be his apostle. He said, the Lord said so, yada, yada, yada. And, and I had to tell him, stop bringing people in to speak. I said, this is your ministry. The people need to know the heart of what God has put on you, the heart of God concerning this ministry of yours. You, you need to stop bringing other people in preaching every other week. 
you have to lay the foundation. They need to hear your voice, your heart, what's coming from God. Okay, so if you're planning a ministry, you may start a ministry, a church, where however way you want to pronounce it, you need to lay the foundation. You have to lay the foundation. He, God has given it to you. He didn't give it to nobody else. He gave it to you. So you have to lay the foundation. You have to prepare. And you're the one seeking the heart of God. And God is sending people to your ministry. He's sending them to you as the shepherd. So you have to labor. You have to pray for them. You have to intercede for them. You have to you have to watch over them. You got to protect them. You got to, you know, you got, everything is about the sheep. It ain't about you. Remember the, sh the shepherd, there's, there's times, and I was, um, there's times that when in the morning, the shepherd is missing from the fold is because he had fought off um, wolves and, and other animals. And a lot of times the shepherd ends up and gets killed for protecting the sheep, of course, we don't have that now because we got people standing up like this as the as the pastor or the minister is preaching because those are his bodyguards that are carrying weapons. Hmm. Okay, now I'm gonna really get there. All right. So now, because of how large the ministry has grown and stuff like that, now we have to have um, security, you know, to protect the leader. Okay, but who's protecting the sheep? I'm going to do a Selah moment right there. Who's protecting the sheep? So that means that now, nowadays what we have is that the pastor's life is more valuable than the sheep. But I believe the word of God says, the greatest love is one, I'm paraphrasing, is one who lays their life down for someone else. Not the one who saves their life and let everybody else get ma <laughs> get massacred. So the shepherd, those in those countries in Scotland and places like that, where they they're still shepherds, and they build a fold, and they put all the sheep in the fold, and there's only one entrance. This is what I'm doing with the leader, the pastor's leadership. Um, in, in this ministry, we're talking about get this book. Matter of fact, Pastor Tori, can you write this book down? They smell like sheep. Look it up on Amazon. They smell like sheep. This actually, she just came out with volume two, and this was the first chapter that we went over two weeks ago. Okay, matter of fact, uh, Oh, I got mine. My wife has her copy. But anyway, they smell like sheep. It's kind of like a brownish cover. But they smell like sheep. You need to get that. Okay. If you think if you're if you feel like you got a call to leading people, you have a call of of um ministering to people and so on, and so on you need this book. Okay. Being a shepherd is not a dictatorship. You do as I say. Or I'll put you out to church. Or I'm going to use you in my next sermon. The pulpit is not made to be a whipping stand. Y'all got me all off my subject today. Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Tori. 
All right. So being a sent church, okay? So they were scattered. They went there. They sent Paul. Paul brought Paul. They sent Barnabas. And Barnabas brought Paul. And like I said, for one year, they were laying the foundation. Now, I can see if you're, you're a spiritual father or mother that come in from time to time because even leaders need a word. Okay, even leaders need to be taught. But you should be saying the same, pretty much the same thing, all from the word of God. So this church was filled with grace, Acts 11 and 23, and became a place where prophets and teachers ministered. Okay, it was a place where, where prophets and teachers ministered, um, Acts 13, 1 and 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit instructed them to separate Paul, I mean, separate Barnabas and Saul for the ministry of apostleship. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Okay, sent once. Okay, thus the church of Antioch also became a sending church. Okay, once they were there, Barnabas and Paul, they were there. They was in Antioch. They was there for a year. And then the Holy Spirit instructed them to separate them. So they prayed for them, laid hands on them, and then they sent them to their next mission. From Antioch was launched one of the greatest apostolic ministries of all time. As a result of sending forth Barnabas and Saul, later Silas and Paul, and then hundreds of churches were planted all over the unknown world. Okay, so you may start off in ministry together. Matter of fact, Barnabas and Paul had a feud over Mark. You know, the book of Mark. Mark, yeah, he kind of screwed up on the first journey. And Paul was fed up with him. Paul didn't want to have nothing to do with him on his next journey. He said, no, nah, I ain't taking him. So Barnabas took him, and then that's when Silas came on the scene. Okay. Thank you for sharing. That's when, that's when, so that's how Paul and Silas hooked up and then Barnabas and Mark, but eventually they did hook back up again. That's a little history lesson. So just want to let you know that, that sometimes even when we're walking together in ministry, there's going to be times when we may separate. There's going to be times you may not agree. Okay. But you at least agree to disagree and still go on, on the place where you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you to go. Okay. All right. So the Antioch became a spiritual hub for apostles, prophets, and teachers. Okay. Which is what? That's the foundation. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, found on apostles, and prophets, teachers, um, miracle workers, so on and so forth. So. So present there was an was an, was an atmosphere conducive for the for the spirit of God to separate and release ministries into the earth. You want to be in a place. Hmm, you want to be in a place where you are being trained and equipped, and people care about what God has put inside of you to groom you to bring you to a place where eventually you will be released to do ministry. Whether whether it's in a business. You know, everybody's not going to be, well, we're all ministers of reconciliation. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, 19, and 20. All right, so we're all ministers of reconciliation. We're all um, ambassadors of Christ. All right? All of us. 
As soon as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, boom, you automatically became a minister of reconciliation. That means that once you've been, you've been reconciled to Christ, okay, you're no longer an enemy to God. All right, now it's our turn to go out and bring other people so that they're no longer an enemy to God. All right, and we're ambassadors. We are representatives of heaven here on earth. All right, so one thing, we need to stop trying to conform to the things of this, of this world, this earth, because we're not a part of that anyway. We're not supposed to mingle in. We're not supposed to even smell like them. We're not supposed to look like them. Our character is not supposed to resemble after them. We're not supposed to do what they do. We're not supposed to operate out of the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We're not supposed to operate out of the works of the flesh, Galatians chapter 5. We're not supposed to be lukewarm. We're supposed to be we're supposed to live a life of holiness, which means to be one with God. At all times. We're supposed to be one with God at all times. Alright? It's nothing that you take off. Ain't nothing that you put on. It becomes you. It is our inheritance to live a holy life. To be one with the Father, to be God-centered, not self-centered. Okay. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they, they sailed to Cyprus in verse 4. And Barnabas and Saul were sent forth by the church at Antioch and by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Don't you take off and do something without the leading of God. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. And seek some spiritual guidance. Seek some spiritual wisdom along with the Holy Spirit. People who believe in what's inside of you. People who who care about the ministry that's inside of you. You know, those that's not jealous of your gifts and anointing that's on your life. You don't need to be with those people. No. All right. So notice that the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the church and send in ministries. The leader, the pastor, the the whatever, whatever, wherever they whatever they're functioning as a leader of that ministry, they they should know if they care, if they have an apostolic mindset, um, a kingdom mindset to train up leaders and groom them in whatever fashion of ministry where God is calling them to, they're looking for them, they're waiting, they're watching their progress, they're watching their character, they're watching their man their, their, their manner their mannerisms. They're watching these things to see about how how are they coming along in their spiritual walk. Okay, gifts and callings come without repentance. So it's it's not for me to say who's called and who's not called. The God is already that's there. I can help confirm it from from the discernment that I see or hear. Okay, there's no set age, there's no set time limit. But I, I'll say this based on my twenty some years of this. That you better have your character and integrity intact. That has nothing to do with your giving, because that's automatic and comes without repentance. But you know, when you're professing that you've been called to do this and everything else, you better make darn sure <laughs> that your character and your integrity that was that that brings more honor than your title. Your character and integrity. Is so vital. That's what I'm talking about this Sunday in service. The characteristics of the kingdom. It is so, so vital. Glory to God. Where you, <laughs> you won't compromise it. 
you won't sell it, you won't pimp it out, and if you have to stand alone, you'll stand alone. You don't need to be with people who's one way on that's one way, and then the next minute behind the scenes, and y'all can giggle and joke and do all this ungodliness. Something's wrong with that picture. Something's wrong. And you have people who, who are like that, and, and both of y'all are co-signed with one another and think everything's fine, but that's not being one with God. So even I myself, <laughs> I have people that I'm accountable to. I have people that I reach out to. So don't try to be a Lone Ranger out here. All right, so we talked about Antioch being a sending church. That's right, Pastor Tori. Fruits of the Spirit need to be cultivated no matter what your gifts are. Okay? Need to be cult continuously. I don't care how long. As long as you're in this flesh, the Lord, the Bible says, dwells no good thing. You know your, maybe you don't know, but your heart is deceitful. Okay? You can be one way, one minute, and you'll flip just like that. Your heart will change on you just like that. So we have to be very careful how we put our mouths on people. We have to be careful well, because you think that somebody's not where they should be or, or, or whatever flaws you see in them. But what about the flaws God see in you? What if somebody points out your flaws? Are you strong enough to take that 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 spiritual criticism? We have to stop acting like we arrived, and we're the judge and jury of of how um, someone's progression should be based on this or based on that. All right, Macedonian churches. Let me move on. Talking about apostolic distribution. Okay, out of 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed, bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial, trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberty. So Paul was commending the churches of Macedonia for their, for their liberal giving despite their poverty despite their poverty the uh <laughs> the greater grace the anointing of grace will cause you to give even when you don't have or when you believe you don't have how about that when you believe you don't have because any form of income that you get that's income that you can give it's up to you on if you're going to give it or not. It's up to you on how much you want to give. Or because you've been in lack for so long, now you got some money. Some money comes into your hands, but you forget about sowing. You forget about giving. So now we want to buy, 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 buy because we have it because we've been in lack for so long. And then when it's time to sow into the mission where your spirit man is being fed and you're being groomed, you're being cultivated, but now we have nothing to sow. So a lot of times it's just our priorities are in the wrong place. So actually we're, we're Cain and not Abel when it comes to worship. All right, let me step aside from that one.
So Paul attributed this to grace he, and, and, and the divine influence upon the heart that is often manifested through giving. So greater grace is a manifestation of apostolic anointing. You know, I've been in a place where, and I'm seeing my sister Bird, she's on here, been in a place where they just, oh my God, one offering, two offering, three offerings almost every Sunday. Definitely two. And sometimes you your spirit can can be closed when it comes down to giving because you've been abused <laughs> and misinformed and mistaught and almost put um a conviction that um if you don't give the 10%, then you're cursed with a curse. And churches are still doing it today. It's really, it's really a it's it's a manipulation of a threat. If you don't give, you're gonna be cursed with a curse. Who wants to be cursed with a curse? But because we don't know the word, so we're giving, but we're not giving it out of out of, out of our heart. We're not giving it joyfully. We're not giving it will. It's like being forced to give. And we're a badger, and we're a badger, and we're a badger. And so, you know, many churches, we, you know, they do sermonettes over giving. <laughs> what I mean by sermonette is a mini sermon over giving. All right. Anyway, so Paul calls this giving a liberal sharing of, or, distrib or distribution, 2 Corinthians 9 and 13. So the apostles in Jerusalem church distributed to or shared with the saints in need. That's Acts 4, 32 and through 37. So in what um, the writer refers to is, as apostolic distribution. So because of this distribution, there was no lack in the Jerusalem church. When you give, when everybody bring their resources together and you give to those there in need, do you think God is going to allow you, going to allow your ministry to lack? Bring all the resources together so the body of Christ itself does not lack. And we see people, we're in fellowship with people every day who lack. I know, I know Pastor Jim is on here and I wish he can just come on and talk about, talk about that aspect about the tithe and stuff like that. And I'm going to have to bring you on for that because that's just, it's going to shatter all their religious tradition. And when we see you today, well, maybe we'll talk about that and do that for a future broadcast. So, Apostolic Churches serve as distribution centers. It should. I'm going to say they should. Because the Apostolic Anointing has within it, with, within it a grace for finances. We see this manifested when the saints lay money at the apostles' feet. Um, apostolic Churches are able to release large amounts of finance into places where there is the greatest need. The problem is, is that we want the income to come in, but we don't, we don't, take, we don't put the income out. We just want to receive, receive, receive. We want to make sure the pastor and the leaders are taken care of. Got to make sure that the musician is paid because if the musician is not paid and then you're not going to have a musician and heaven be to God that we have to worship out of our own heart. Glory be to God. That we, so we have to have a musician because if the musician will leave and then the people are going to leave because a lot of us are coming to church because just for the music and not the word. And so, and the problem is we, we don't have, we have few minstrels. We got a lot of musicians. And they look at it as a job instead of ministry. You don't want them either. Don't be so desperate that you're going to settle. 
Don't be so desperate because you don't have a keyboard player, organist, a drum player, whatever. You're going to settle? And their heart is not even with God. So how are they going to minister and worship? <laughs> Jesus, let me leave that alone. You won't even get no prophetic worship. You can just forget about that. You won't get no prophetic praise because they don't even have a relationship with God. They just have a gift to play. But we'd rather have that. Something's better than nothing. And that's what you want to bring into the ministry that God has birthed in you. No, thank you. So Paul, for example, collected an offering for the saints in Jerusalem from the churches of, of, of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth. And these Gentile churches were encouraged to give to their Jewish brothers and sisters who were lacking because of a famine in Judea. So this offering was important because it would cause the Jewish church to see that the Gentiles profess subjection to the gospel of Christ. So missions should be a high priority in apostolic churches because this is a part of the apostolic mandate, Acts 13 and 47. And so we are called to help existing churches in other nations and to help plant new ones. So apostolic churches have a great responsibility to properly use and distribute the wealth that this anointing draws. So to whom much is given, much is required, Luke 12 and 48. So as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever, 2 Corinthians 9 and 9. Okay? 2 Corinthians 9 and 9. So to those of you who have ministries, examine your ministries. Stop comparing. Please stop comparing your ministries. Stop competing. God didn't call you to do a ministry to compete with somebody else. But there is a, there's a common foundation all the ministries should have. All to have, regardless of the denomination. But because of denominational differences and teachings and things of that nature, it is not so. So. That's all I have for today. <laughs> My shortest session. Yes, I'm done. My wife looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm done. Tomorrow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's this? Oh, okay. I don't know them. Okay. Um, tomorrow, moving to the next chapter in the Apostolic Authority. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Then, once again, next week, I'm taking off from Sunrise Meditation to prepare for the... Um, yeah, the the prophetic seminar. Thank you, dear. The uh, I'm trying to the, advancing the prophetic in you. Iron sharpens iron. Um, next Thursday, next Saturday, Jesus, next Saturday. I want you to come out if you're in the uh, South Carolina area. Please come out. Um, glory be God. It's gonna be a 709 Dunbar. Um, so just look on my page, and we will. Um, you'll see the flyers everywhere. You're gonna see some videos of some of the the teachers, the sessions. It's gonna be great. Uh, one class is. Um, Am I a seer? The other one is the who the chosen watchman. Uh, <laughs> the other one is the difference between between a prophet and the gift of prophecy, and the five senses. All right, your spirit. We're gonna talk about your spiritual five senses. So you definitely want to come out and gain this um, equipping and training sessions. Amen for the body of Christ. Okay, every denomination is welcome. Our, the common denominator is Jesus, all right? Let's let's get that straight. Yes, the man. common denominator is Jesus Christ. So whatever your little intricate things that are different, 
Are these going to be recorded? Rodney said. <sighs> My wife's looking at me like, no. <laughs> no. She said, come through, Rodney. She said, come through. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that's all I have. So, no, nothing next week. Because um, I had to prepare for two classes, two sessions to teach and co-teach. And then... I already got um, Kingdom Ministers Institute, two classes to minister there. So it would just be too much for me to prepare for all this. So, And in the future, uh, in August, I think mid-August, um, Sunrise is probably only going to... Sun, um, Sunrise is only going to one day a week because I'm going back to school to get my doctorate degree. And so with that load and the load of the ministry and everything else, I have to trim back. So... It'll be once a week, probably early Sunday mornings or something like that. Just trying to see what the Lord wants to do. So I appreciate all of you. Um, if you want to bless someone, if you can't come to the seminar, you want to bless someone, just register, inbox me and say, hey, I want to bless someone who may not be able to have the money to go. And it's $15. And that's so, so, so inexpensive for what you're going to receive, the impartations, the prayers, Getting some food. You can't get this anywhere. Activations and everything else. Yeah, my wife is talking and she's helping feed me what to say. Yeah, the equipping, the training, the activation, all those things. And um, some wonderful men and women, God, some awesome worship we're going to have before the Lord. So you definitely, definitely want to come out. If you can't make it for whatever reason, because I know everybody has everything going on, you want to sponsor somebody, just... Um, Go to, matter of fact, give me one second, let me type this in, and then you can register and inbox me, and then say, well, hey, I want I want to bless someone because I'm not able to make it. It's also on the Facebook event page for August 3rd, and so you can get the information, and I'll put event page instead of Eventbrite. Help me, Lord. Mm-mm. All right, there it goes. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Amen. My wife suggested I do a poll. But I have to get the rest of the details because she's trying to talk to me and I'm trying to close out here. So, all right. Y'all guys be blessed and be back tomorrow morning. We're going to talk about apostolic authority. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Okay. Talk to you guys later. Bye.